0: Hi everyone, and welcome to VMware Partnership Perspectives. I'm Kathleen Tandy, Vice President of Global Partner and Alliance Marketing at VMware, and I'm pleased to bring you the stories and trends from our VMware partners, executives, and industry analysts. This week, I'll be sharing my sit-down with Mike Hayes, Chief Digital Transformation Officer at VMware. In addition to the major strides he's been making to VMware's global operations and SaaS acceleration, Mike has an extremely interesting personal background, having joined us vis-a-vis the White House and the Navy SEALs. Mike has chronicled his fascinating journey and lessons learned in his new book, Never Enough, a Navy SEAL commander on living a life of excellence, agility, and meaning, which was recently named to JP Morgan's 2021 summer reading list. I'm excited to share our full conversation now.
1: Kathleen, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for all that you do, not just for VMware, but for our entire partner ecosystem and the the nation and the planet, my friend.
0: Ah, oh, Thank you so much. It is a privilege to have you on the podcast today. I've been so looking forward to this conversation and want to just dive right in. So, Mike, you come to VMware from what many people might consider a very non-traditional background or career path. Can you give us a sense of your career journey and how a former Navy SEAL team commander ended up leading VMware's global business operations?
1: Absolutely, Kathleen. So the quick version of my background is 20 years in the SEALs, and during those 20 years, I commanded SEALs in you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. I've been shot at and rocketed and jumped out of buildings rigged to explode and, and decided what operations we go on and all the things that you'd think about in the SEALs. But I've also run or attended dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings in the White House Situation Room. And then uh, after a 20-year career, I pivoted, went to Bridgewater Associates, where I was spent four years chief of staff and chief operating officer roles there. Then I joined Cognizant Technologies where I was the um, head of strategic operations and and also then ran our financial services vertical, which is about a $2 billion P&L, which, as you know, serves the exact same ecosystem that we do at VMware.
0: That's great. Knowing VMware and some of the challenges we need to overcome or just ways we need to improve, it's really exciting to have someone with your background and I'm going to say mission focus at the helm to help drive some of our strategic transformation. For our listeners, can you let them know, I mean, I mentioned that you're responsible fundamentally for the organization that supports all of the operational underpinnings of VMware, but can you cover what are those major areas of responsibility and how you are helping through this organization pivot VMware's business and in turn help support our customers and our partners to accelerate their digital transformations?
1: Absolutely, and so building on the last question, which really is just about one thing, it's teamwork. All I've done, my career can look very different on the one level, but on another level, all I've done is gravitated toward opportunities where you can just jump into the mix and help drive progress and get just get a great group of people moving together and achieving awesome things together. What attracted me to VMware was, first of all, the incredible people and culture and mission. This is just a wonderful organization. And then, oh, by the way, we've got some really awesome products that drive and power our customers' businesses, both from a run and a change the business perspective. And so as I've landed at VMware, the ask is to figure out what we need to be doing in order to transform and move more quickly to our own future. The operations space, I think historically in any very successful product company can be a little bit of an afterthought. So VMware has been incredibly successful. And so a a laser focus on product and sales at this point in time we're really recognizing that the our saas pivot quickly to the future requires the back office to become the front office and actually just to become an accelerant to our own success you know the ease of doing business the ability to transact and just customer delight are what our customers see but then of course internally there are a lot of internal constituents which really any sort of our policies, process, people, culture, systems, collectively serve to deliver our products to our customers. That's really the role of operations. And so I'm somebody, Kathleen, who has never in my life said, said anybody works for me. I only use the preposition with. I genuinely don't think hierarchically. That's a, a, the way that I've grown up in the SEALs and what I've seen drive real success. And so I won't say who works for me. I'll say who's, who's on my team with me. And that would be a couple of incredible leaders. Jason Conyard, our Chief Information Officer. Wendy Batchelder, our Chief Data Officer. Alex Toshev, our Chief Security Officer. Jim Buckley, who heads up our M&A integration, and then John Fernandez, who is leading our program management as the head of uh, strategy and uh, operations for digital transformation. And so that's the team, but really by extension, this is a dotted line across the whole entire company to cohese and synthesize and help all of us be better together.
0: I love a couple of things there, Mike. One, I love your perspective of we need to shift And the back office needs to become the front office and then shift that mindset to be able to lead. Because I agree, VMware is a a company that we have delivered amazing products, very focused on our customers. But I've been here for 12 years, and I agree that sometimes we haven't provided the care that we've needed to or prioritize the operational aspects. And as we shift our business models, I agree it needs to be put to the forefront in the, the front office. And you have an amazing team of people working with you. Around that, I think that mindset shift requires shifting the mindset of the entire VMware organization, which is 35,000 people strong, as well as our partner ecosystem as well. You have a core team, which I think is aligned to your mission. What do you think are some of three critical things that as the leader of that team or with that team, you are working to instill to help align and get all 35,000 members of VMware aligned with that mission.
1: Great, love this topic, Kathleen. Look, in these large organizations, the most important thing is to recognize that you can't be everywhere And that the organization is made up of incredibly smart people in every corner of this business. And so the best thing to do when you're trying to move an entire organization is to think first about what the principles and the concepts are that you want to rally around. And so as I've landed and helped kind of just reshape a bit of an operations vision and strategy, the three organizing principles to me are simplicity, clarity, and accountability. If we can drive those concepts through everything where all 35,000 people sit, we will be so much stronger for it. It's impossible for any leader anywhere in the firm. And I say leader because ultimately, everybody's ultimately a leader. I don't care if you're the 35,000th person in the firm, you lead something. And so that's the thing to recognize is that we're all leaders, we're all followers. And how do we know when to move forward and when to move backward and, and to tackle what? But if we can rally around these concepts then people can apply them and drive them through where they are. Now, another sentence on each. Simplicity, it seems obvious, but the thing that's a little bit less obvious is the benefit from getting more simple, if you will. If you go back, this was a little bit mathy. The number of point-to-point connections in any room with n people, recall the formula, it's n times n plus 1 over 2. So 10 people in a room, it's 10 times 11 is 110. Divide that by 2, it's 55. So there are 55 point-to-point connections in the room. Now, you start taking two or three or four people out of that room, you can see it's a nonlinear effect on how much more simple that room becomes. And so the goal is, as we think about scaling our future, how do we become more simple at the elemental level? And then clarity, who exactly is doing what? I walk into teams sometime and I say, who's in charge of what we're not doing? no one raises their hand because everybody's so fixated on the positive space and what they are doing. So rallying around the clarity of what we are and what we aren't doing is really important. And then obviously accountability. You know, Sometimes in large organizations, there's a tendency to walk in and say, who's in charge of thing X? And you get 20 hands that go up a quarter of the way and no hand goes up all the way. Well, do you really need 20 hands going up a quarter of the way? Can you do it with four people? And then also conversely, one of those people needs to put their hand up all the way. And that's the concept of accountability. And if you can really clean that up in these large organizations, that to me, Kathleen, is the special sauce and the power.
0: I love those three principles. As you were talking about simplicity and the nonlinear effect of reducing the number of people in the room, I was actually thinking about the converse, which is the step function increases When you add people into the conversation, which is something that I think at VMware as an organization, one of its strengths has been its broad, horizontal team collaboration and collaboration mindset, which is great to harness a lot of people's thinking, points of view for better results, but it can make decision-making challenging and not necessarily as fast and nimble and agile
1: as I think we need to be. I love that you brought up decision-making because in these large organizations, it's in actually any organization, the clarity around who makes what decision, where and when is really important. And you can't be everywhere. So you can't tell people what to think, but when people are empowered to know what decisions they can make, what decisions they can't make. When I worked in the white house, I put things mentally into three buckets. Number one was what can I decide and never tell my boss? Number two was what do I decide? And then tell him or her later. And then the other was, what do I explicitly not decide and say, hey, I need to bring this to you for your decision, and I'm going to tee it up in a way that has really clear pros and cons and opportunity cost and a a clear cost-benefit analysis, not just fiscally, but just holistically. And that, to me, is really what we need to be doing here at VMware and, frankly, in any large enterprise, is you don't want to paralyze an organization and say, well, gosh, I don't know if I get to make this decision, and then you just waste time, effort, and energy trying to figure out who's supposed to make this decision. And that's what we're trying to avoid here, Kathleen.
0: I love that because I think overall, we have the opportunity to harness so many fabulous sets of talent, amazing people. We all want to drive impact. But I think all of us in big companies, it's the art to being able to make quick decision-making and have that direct line of impact, which helps also make our jobs feel more meaningful and being able to drive some of that impact. So- I've always guided my life in terms of where do I need to ask for permission and where is it okay to plan to ask for forgiveness? So I love that parallel. I think all the things that you've shared, as you mentioned, are parallels and learnings and opportunities for our partners who are also navigating similar shifts. As you all think about, we speak to our partners, you speak to our partners. You came from one of our top and leading partners as well who are looking to also navigate the business shifts to SaaS subscription consumption models, what key pieces of advice would you have for the business leaders of those organizations who are looking to help navigate the shifts of their companies in this direction? What would be a couple of key takeaways or pieces of advice that you've learned in your time and your last couple of roles that you would encourage them to think about?
1: The first and most important to me, Kathleen, is agility. You see, because ultimately SaaS is a means to an end. Nobody goes out and just buys SaaS. It, it, it's, not, it's not a thing that we buy, it's a how we buy. And so for me, what's important is thinking first and foremost, what's the business outcome? What's the business value, the economic value that we will create for a customer of ours? We have to start with the customer value creation and then work backward from that. And so SaaS to me is a synonym It's parallel to agility. So as business models change and as markets change, how do we enable our customers to be able to, for example, over consume one month and under consume the next month, expand into a different area that they aren't currently in and potentially think about other ways that VMware can add value to their organization. So to me, it's funny in the seals, we would get ready to go on these complicated operations and everybody would say, well, you know, gosh, you gotta have a plan. And in the SEALs, we'd have a plan, but you're already a step behind if you just have a plan. The only plan that you can have is the plan for the plan to change. And so it's kind of like what I described that places need are really meta plans. You just need one plan and that's the, the plan for your business to change very quickly. And so said differently, I'm the chief digital transformation officer. Really digital transformation is about transforming the way that you transform. If you can get that foundation right, That is the single most ingredient for success to me, Kathleen.
0: I love that. You brought up SEAL teams, and I'd like to shift to your book now, Never Enough, and your experience as a Navy SEAL team commander. I'm partway through reading it. I will admit I haven't had a chance to get all the way through, but I'm loving it. I'm about a third of the way through. It really is a fascinating and inspiring read. Interestingly, I also recently finished reading the book, The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Don't know if you've read that. It's another fascinating read. And it examines the dynamics of groups to better understand how great teams work and how you can improve team performance by studying great teams. And one of the teams that Daniel reviews is the Navy SEALs, in particularly Team 6 and Team 6 leader Dave Cooper, who I'm sure you've met and had an experience to work with. I'm curious, I took a lot of way in terms of just from reading that, but I'm curious from you directly, you touched on a few, but what do you think are some of your most formative lessons from your experiences as a Navy SEAL that shaped how you lead and develop
1: teams? Great topic. Great question. I will say Dave Cooper is an incredible human. I could say incredible SEAL, but really this is the answer to your question. It's thinking about first and foremost, being a great human. And what does that mean? It means to me being oriented more for others than self. And so the leadership question there is really recognizing that we are all here to serve. And the more that you can do for the people around you, the better off we will be as a group. It's funny, Kathleen. I spoke to my my daughter's 20, but when she was in seventh grade, I spoke to her class on Veterans Day or something like that. And I said, you know, if each of you paired up to do a project, how much do you each have to do? And they all raised their hand and the answers were half, half, half. And I was like, nope, totally wrong, wrong answer. And even the teacher looked confused. And I said, you know, the answer is as much as you can humanly do, because then when you get two people who come together on a team or two or more, and everybody's mentality is do as much as you can, you're going to be really, really strong. And ultimately it's about your teammate. It's about the people around you. So when you have a shared mission that everybody agrees on and is working toward, Then how do you recognize that different people have different gifts and abilities and skills and interests and all of the above? And you take a very disparate group of people together and you celebrate the differences and you don't just celebrate them. You look for differences and try to bring them out and create that group that is so much stronger because of the collective approach. The saying in in the SEAL teams is team, teammate, self. And it's just how we grow up. And it's the first and foremost thing with leadership. So I love this topic, Kathleen. We could do a whole hour on leadership in and of itself. So I'm glad to riff more on that. Or if you want to just move me off of this topic, (laughs) maybe for the good of everybody else listening.
0: I could ask, and I encourage, again, everybody to read both your book and I found this other one fascinating. I love the stories about, I'm going to say this wrong, but the team planning with the poll and how that is foundational in terms of training and bringing teams together. The thing that I took away most also from just learning about the whole process to bring SEAL teams together is about vulnerability and the whole concept that vulnerability has to happen first in order to build trust. And that trust is also critical to teams, which I think is not how most people think about it. I think most people think you need to build trust first And then with trust, then you make yourselves more vulnerable, but really at the core, it's understanding and opening yourselves up to the teammates to build trust. I'm curious whether you have leveraged some of those qualities as you've built together your chief digital transformation team to be able to pull the team together to take on a really important mission.
1: Absolutely. So trust is the foundation. It's cliche for a reason, but let me start by saying Look, I just turned 50 a few weeks ago, and I like to say I've just lived the first third of my life. But I grew up for 20 years in the SEALs, where it was either you either showed strength or perceived strength. You didn't show weakness and vulnerability. However, we've evolved in a really much better and great way, which is to recognize that we are all imperfect. We're all on a journey together. And to some degree, the process that we grow up doing is after any sort of an operation, we do an after action report or review. Sometimes it's called a hot wash. Sometimes it's whatever. But you, you finish. We don't spend our time looking at all the things that went right. We spend our time on what didn't go as well as it could have because that's where all the highest return on the investment of the time is. Inertia will keep the good being good again in the future, so you really need to drill into what didn't go well. The problem for younger SEALs, and I say SEALs as a metaphor because it's the same, it's younger employees at VMware or any enterprise, is that people can start hearing that conflating feedback as overly negative and how we're doing overall. If we did an operation that could have been on the front page of the newspaper and then we spend 60 minutes talking about why it didn't go well, it'd be really easy at the end of that 60 minutes if you weren't mature and wise and experienced to think, oh my gosh, that must have been a train wreck. Negative. No. And so it takes the vulnerability in those sessions to recognize that while some of those comments can be interpreted as potentially even very harsh, the truth is the stakes are high for every organization's business. And what you have to do is judge people on their intent, not their actions. Most of our parents or uncles or whoever raised us, paid for some professional to tell us we weren't good enough at either an instrument or a sport when we were kids and then we grow up and we sometimes don't want that feedback anymore as professional adults and you say well wait a minute why doesn't that make us better and stronger it absolutely does but what matters is how the message is delivered we're all really good at telling when people are genuinely trying to build us up and when people are trying to tear us down so they look an inch taller we're good as humans at figuring those out So we should obviously, the message is for all of us to aspire to A, give feedback and B, do it in ways that are totally constructive for the organization.
0: I love that. I think the whole approach of after action reviews done the right way absolutely can help make everybody better. And I also think help build connections within the team and build stronger teams as well. So I'm going to ask you a tough question, Mike, because I know your book is filled with lots of stories all are which important and meaningful for you, but I'm gonna make you choose. Can you share one or two particularly meaningful stories that you shared in the book that have shaped your quality, particularly shaped your quality as a leader in a corporate setting?
1: Absolutely. Spoiler alert here. Oh, there's, you know, I don't know, 20 or 30. I don't even know how many stories are in the book. Some short, some longer. But really for me, the last third of the book around meaning and purpose in life is in my opinion, the best. And I really end with a story on a particular day with my daughter. The quick version is we had, at an atypically young age, let her go overseas to a, an underprivileged country where there was some risk. And she volunteered in an orphanage and in a uh, hospital. She had a really challenging situation on her hands where she helped with a C-section, the baby was stillborn, and the doctor threw the baby in the garbage. And so my daughter ended up basically getting a cardboard box and putting the baby, let the mother be able to say goodbye to her baby. Look, this this is a horrific, horrible, horrible, terrible situation, but I was so proud that my daughter was able to kind of find the least bad option here and help the mom have closure. So we talked that through one day when she was overseas. She called me four hours later and and I thought she wanted to talk through that situation some more. And she's like, dad, uh, you're not going to believe what happened now. The abbreviated story is that she she was out snorkeling on a boat with 20 of her classmates, all like roughly 18, 19 year old young ladies. And one of the girls uh, went under about 150 meters off of the boat. And my daughter was the captain of her water polo team. And she was the only one that saw it. She dove off the top of the boat, like sprint swam found this girl 15 feet under um, unconscious like cross chest carried her did rescue breathing like on the way back and swam her back to the ship and like legitimately saved her life. And so for me, Kathleen, these are long two long stories, but this was one day in my daughter's life and I as a parent could not have been prouder. And so when I think about the story, what does it mean? Hey, these are two really unique growth type of things, but you say we impart our values on the people who who are around us, who are meaningful in our lives. And so as we talk about this partner ecosystem that we have, it's no different. Work is work. But like we are really spending our lives in our, we're trying to help each other all be better. And so when we really think about what are values, what's meaning, what's inspiration, That's really what VMware is and who we aspire to be, is to help every organization to lift them up and also to have them lift us up in ways that are collectively great for all of us. So the short answer to your question is, days when you really live your values and you see your values in others and your values make the world better, that's a great day for a parent, it's a great day for VMware.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that particularly personal story, that is an amazing story. And congratulations as a a parent already for raising someone who has the ability to take action and have that deep ability to honor other people and also be looking out and caring for her friends as well. That's just, that's amazing. Mike, I understand that you are, so congratulations on your book being published in February. I understand that you're donating all the proceeds of your book to something called the 1162 Foundation. What is this foundation and why are you choosing to support it so, so strongly?
1: Well, thanks for asking that. It's an important question because for me, I've buried far too many teammates. Uh, like every seal of my era, I've buried probably 40 friends and some that I are, am as close as my blood brother. And I'm very, very close with my real brother, but uh, these are brother teammates of mine who leave behind wives and families. And so I live my life, the rest of my life with a very heavy obligation out of desire, not need, but desire to help and to, to give back and to lift up. And so I founded the 1162 Foundation. It's a 501c3, no full-time employees. There's no website, which is a very quiet way to confidentially enable us to help some women who've really paid the ultimate sacrifice. And most recently, we ended up buying a house for a woman whose husband was killed in Afghanistan in the middle of the war. She got back on her feet and then lost her business during the pandemic, Kathleen. And then she and her four kids were legit homeless. And so for me, it's really way more than a book. It's a mission. And so I could not have written a book and said, hey, please go buy my book if I was profiting. It's just not who I am. And been kind of in the lines of, hey, uh, asking for help is a sign of strength. I'm comfortable asking for help getting the book out there because I think it is so well intended on every single level.
0: I love how both the book is inspiring to help all of us think about how we can live our values, live in thinking about higher meaning, having higher impact, and even in the act of learning about these additional insights from your experiences, being able to act on helping to deliver greater meaning and help others. So really, really appreciate that. Would love to wrap up today with a couple of lightning round questions, just shifting the tone to be a little bit lighter. So the first question is, what's a new app you're using on your phone that's either interesting or is uh, helping you be more productive?
1: Huh. Well, it's an app that is in the app store called REN, R-E-N, and it is not taking customers for real yet because myself and two friends had the idea. And before I came to VMware, we started it. So that's more to follow on that one. But that's the quick answer. It's really just a way to, to plug in better with your network. It's, it's all about altruism. Ren is the Confucian value of altruism, so more to follow on that in the future.
0: That's great. Well, looking forward to it. Well, when that's launched, we'll have you back and we can talk about that and the background behind that. What technology do you see in the future being the most disruptive for VMware, for our organization, for our customers over the next couple of years?
1: That's a challenging question. There's so much question and I dare to even say sometimes concern or fear about both automation and artificial intelligence and thinking oh my gosh is automation going to take my job away or oh my goodness is AI going to either make us both smarter and dumber at the same time if you know what I mean. It's kind of like the GPS we used to like people my age actually used to know how to get in a car and read street signs and do all these things now we just plug in ways. So technology is always going to move us forward and make us more productive as people. But back in 1920, when the Wright brothers were flying their planes, people were worried that bicycles were going to take children out of the cities too far away. So I think everybody's always got a little bit of a worry about whatever the thing of the day is. And gosh, you said lightning round, so I'm way over. The lightning has probably already struck.
0: No, that's fine. So we'll we'll take AI as the answer, and we could probably have a whole nother conversation just about that and debate that. Last question. So I'm sure over the last year, like me and many others, you have not had to travel as much. You've been closer to home. You've had a little bit more flexible time. Have you used that time to pick up any uh, activity or hobby, either picking up something new or something you've been able to go back to? But have you used, I'm going to say that extra time or that gift over the last year?
1: Look, I think that the extra gift has been uh, more time with family. I'm somebody who's left my family for six months or more seven times. And then out of the other 20 years of service, I moved 10 times. And so I always emphasize that it's about quality over quantity. But now I'm really privileged to be able to have some great quantity of time with my family.
0: That's great. I really appreciate that. And I have to say, I have done the same. Even though my kids tried to go away to college, they came back for spring break last year, and then they stayed for a year. And knowing that it's not a long-term thing, and the fact that they're amazing people that we love to spend time with them, we have seen it as a gift. And it's it's all about family. So Mike, thanks so much for the time to join us today. Really appreciate your thoughtful insights perspectives over a career of service of meaning and delivering impact and i'm just so grateful that you are on the senior level staff at vmware and helping being one of the leaders helping to unite all of vmware in service to our customers and our partners as we navigate some fascinating times in a period of a lot of change and transformation so thanks so much for joining us today
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's really me who is privileged to be able to contribute to such an incredible group of people and an incredible organization, both VMware and our larger customer and partner ecosystem. So the privilege and the pleasure are all mine, Kathleen. Thank you.
0: Wow, what an interesting conversation with Mike. While Mike's background is quite unique, it's fascinating to see how he's consistently carried over principles of teamwork, leadership, and a clear vision for success across each of his roles over time. I have no doubt that his work at VMware will be transformational, not just for our employees and customers, but for the entirety of the partner ecosystem as well. To connect with Mike Hayes, you can find him on LinkedIn or on Twitter at At This is my case. Please subscribe, follow, and review VMware Partnership Perspectives from your streaming platform of choice. For more information on VMware's partner programs, please visit PartnerExecutiveEdge at VMware.com. I'm Kathleen Tandy, and you've been listening to VMware Partnership Perspectives. Thanks for your time.